If we're going to take the Lord's meal, we have to learn the most basic lesson that Christ came to bring us, and that's forgiveness. The grace of God to forgive. That's what this meal is about, to celebrate that a holy God could forgive us, a wretch, a sinner, an enemy. While we were yet his enemies, he died for us and he's forgiven us. And so Peter needed to learn the math of the kingdom. If we're going to understand how to live a person-to-person lifestyle, we're going to learn and have to learn how to forgive. Would you agree? We step on each other's toes. We poke each other in our eyes. Uh, It can get messy people to people, person to person. But if God's taught us anything, it's to forgive and it's to continue in relationship that we may have disappointed. And so we want to come back to this person to person. And so that's what we're training this church in, relationships. That's how Christ is shared with one another. This isn't just information we're putting out. This is the love of God. If you're really going to witness to somebody, the love should show up. If you're going to truly win them to Christ, you have to win them by his love, his grace, his forgiveness. It's not information. It's not an argument. It's the person of Christ, the prophetic power of his presence. And that takes us to be willing to forgive and willing to share that grace with others. Peter thought he was really doing a great job. In Matthew 18, He approaches the Lord and he says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and should I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, "I I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Why, Why would Peter even think that seven would be enough? Because traditionally, In his climate, the time of the rabbinic Pharisaic teachers, the concept of forgiveness was three times based on Amos 1, chapters 3 to 13. Because in Amos 1, 3 to 13, God forgives the nations three times, then he judges them. And so the Pharisees and the doctors of the law said, well, that's the case, then we should only forgive someone three times and you're out. What they forgot was their own history. Because if it was three times and out, Israel would have been out in the desert before they even entered the promised land. This Amos 1, chapter 3 to 13 is not a model of God's forgiveness. God continues to forgive. And in fact, he was planning to forgive all the nations through Christ Jesus. So Peter thought he'd double that three times and say, how about seven times? Jesus said, I'm telling you, the math of the kingdom is 70 times seven. Well, where do we see that description? Where can we find 70 times seven elsewhere? We find it in the book of Genesis with Lamech, Genesis 4, 24. He's, He's a relative of Cain, And he said that if Cain were cursed seven times, I would be avenged 70 times seven. 
What he's giving us a hint to is that how corrupt the world had fallen to where people are watching out and they will always crush you with judgment. He said, I killed a man and I'm in big trouble. 70 times 7. And Jesus is contrasting that with the grace of God and how prodigal his love is. The word prodigal means abundant spending. God has poured out his abundant provision of grace. I also think of Daniel's 70 weeks. Daniel's 70 weeks, seven times seven, is the time period in which God is dealing with Israel and he's bringing grace and forgiveness to all the nations. Now, take that as a contrast to Amos chapter 1, verses 3 to 13, where three and you're out. God's plan from the beginning was to bring freedom from this power of sin for all people and all nations. He had a plan and he was preparing a witness in the earth and a priesthood in the earth, Israel, to bring that forgiveness to all the nations. They forgot their calling. And the 70 times 7 is the time period before Christ will return. And it is the bringing of all nations. That's the word Gentiles. You can replace the word Gentile with nations. It's actually more accurate. That God is calling the nations to repentance. There's no name under heaven that can be, man can be saved except through Christ Jesus. And he would that all people repent. And that he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh or all nations, all people groups. This is God's forgiveness, 70 times 7. How could we work counter to that? We can't. And we need to discover that. So... Let's do the math. 70 times 7 is 490. Maybe we should just forgive someone 490 times. Who's going to keep count? You're going to be fed up if someone sins against you 490 times. I'm staying away from them. You know what? You can stay away from them, but if you have unforgiveness in your heart, they could be on the other side of the planet. They, in fact, could be dead, and you're still carrying the burden of that. It has to do with you and what you're carrying. It's not carrying the love of, and grace of God. Now, Hebrew is not only the, an alphabetic system for writing, it is also a numbering system. Their, their letters were also numbers, their numerology. So 490 in biblical terms is the word Tamim, and it means perfection, that which is absolutely complete, or it is finished. Can you think of a place where 70 times 7 was screamed out to the universe for eternity? It's the cross of Jesus Christ when he said, it is finished. Forgiveness is perfected. The grace of God demonstrated for all whosoever will. God so loved the world he gave the Son so that whosoever would believe in him. I don't want to hinder anybody's approach to the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't want to hold any offense against somebody else. 
Tamim, 490. Seventy times seven is the finished work of Jesus Christ. You see, one who can't forgive will always live an imperfect, incomplete life because they'll lack the true understanding of the cross. You and I struggle to forgive because we've been hurt and we've been wounded. We've been offended. Can you consider how offended God is with our words, with our actions, with our thought life? How often we grieve the very Spirit of God, yet He cleanses and forgives us. We must have that same heart And that's the work of sanctification. It's being worked out in us. It's being perfected in us. Love being perfected in us. Casts out fear and punishment. Love is being worked out, completed, so that you and I would walk in the same forgiveness and grace that Jesus did. It's not easy. I understand. Believe me. But when your heart is purged from bitterness and anger, And the ability to release, there is a freedom. You're not captive by the enemy anymore. For the minute that prowler comes around and that demonic sees that you have bitterness or unforgiveness or just a tinge of wanting to hold on, they put you back under the same law. We don't want that. 490 is the numeric value of the phrase... Let your heart be perfect. 1 Kings chapter 8, 61 says this. Let your heart, therefore, be perfect, be true, be perfect to the Lord our God, walking in His statutes and keeping His commandments as to this day. How many of you want a perfect heart to God? How many of you want a complete heart, a whole heart in God? Then we need to obey. In fact, the Great Commission is make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. The best way to teach is to walk it out as an example. We've got to obey God. The key area of obedience is to forgive, is to release, is to forgive others as He has forgiven us. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is releasing my right to strike back. In fact, if someone slaps you on the cheek, justice says, slap them right back. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And if you slapped him, what should he do? Slap you back. And if he slaps you again, what should you do? Slap him back. I feel like I'm in the Three Stooges. (laughs) Whoop, 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 boink. Where would it end? Like Lamech, 70 times 7 would be the vengeance. We think we would get even. How can you and I ever get even? If you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And I'm going to hurt you more. But then they'll hurt you more. It'll only escalate. And God knows that only grace could save this planet. Only grace can save this planet. Someone has to forgive. Someone has to release their right to strike back. Jesus, in fact, said if they strike you on the cheek, you turn the other. If they take your cloak, you give them your jacket. If they take you one mile, you choose to go two with them. 
This is a grace that breaks the logic of sin. It breaks the logic of getting back. Forgiveness is for me to release the right to strike back. I don't have to get even. One of the ways to do this is to understand the compensation of Christ. You see, striking back is compensate. You hurt me, I need compensation for my pain. So I'll feel better if I hurt you. Or if I just don't like you. If I have bitterness towards you, anger towards you, I'm feeling compensated for my pain. Paul came to the conclusion when Jesus told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. That thorn in the flesh wasn't a sickness or an infirmity. It was the Judaizers who followed his ministry city after city to try and destroy his teaching. He prayed three times, God, relieve me of this. God, get rid of this. And he said, my grace is sufficient. You want sufficient compensation for what someone did to you? Understand the grace God's giving you. Because if God would compensate for our sin, every one of us should be dead and in hell right now. But by the grace of God go I. By the grace of God we stand. And so if God, as we took this meal today, if I say, oh God, I'm your child, thank you for saving me, how could I not know that that compensation is enough? I don't need to strike you back. I will pray for my enemies. I will pray for you that you would understand the grace that God has for you and I will demonstrate it so that you can understand it. That's forgiveness. There's a big difference between vengeance, justice, and grace. Because if you, if you say, Pastor, the, we'll, we'll never, never have anything for wrong, we're not going to judge any wrongs, then we've got a problem. Just look at California and Portland and the cities that are no longer bringing anybody to court for stealing and robbing and thievery and violence. How's that working? We can't just eliminate justice, but are we the ones who rightly dole out justice? Well, yes, we, we have to. God gave authority to the government, sword, so that we would judge properly those who offend and do wrong. But there's a difference between vengeance and justice, isn't there? Look at the qualities. What's the motive of vengeance? Retaliation. But the motive of justice is fair and proper treatment. If you violated someone's rights, you must learn from that. Justice is an education. Justice is discipline unto better performance. Vengeance is get your pound of flesh. What's the drive behind vengeance? Negative emotions. That's why we take judgment to those who can give a fair and positive understanding of what must be done, weighing out justice. That's why we have a, the, the pictures and the sculptures of Lady Justice, and she's got a blindfold on, doesn't she? Because it must be objective, not subjective. Because leave it to the person wounded and hurt, it becomes subjective, it'll be painful. 
The goal for vengeance is pain compensation. The goal of justice is fair compensation. The view of vengeance is subjective. The view of justice is objective. So we need to have that in a world where there is sin. Would you agree? But you and I, under the heat of our anger and our frustration and our pain, tend to lean towards vengeance than we do right judgment. But God's even taking us into a new realm through Jesus Christ. He's bringing us into grace. What's the motive of God's grace? Love. What drives that motive? Love. What's the goal? To demonstrate God's love. And what's the view? Objective, subjective? Love. God's view. You know, we sing about it. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, till you hurt me and offend. Humanly, we don't know how to love like this. But by God's Spirit being in us, we don't have to seek vengeance. There's nothing wrong with justice. But in your heart, walk in the love of God. Release your right to strike back. Forgiveness, is it a one and done? I don't know about you, how many of you have struggled with forgiving people? Come on, I want to see some honesty here. Okay. Everybody. If you haven't, you haven't been hurt deep enough. So I would say get involved with more people. Okay. Forgiveness. And, and we hear sermons about it, and we, we hear teachings about it, and, and you need to forgive your fellow man, and you need to walk in forgiveness like Christ. And so I do. And then a week later, I'm irritated by it again. I thought I gave this up. Or you hear someone else say, yeah, they're doing this now, and it's like, oh, yeah, them. I've forgiven them. But see, what we've misunderstood about forgiveness is when Jesus says 70 times 7, that's not the number of their offenses. It's the number of your forgiveness. We think if they offend me 70 times 7, so they can keep offending me, offending me, offending me, I'm always supposed to forgive. The action is not on their offense because you'd keep track of how many we're at. The action is 70 times 7 in your heart of forgiveness, a perfection of always relieving that pain. So it is a day-to-day forgiveness. It, so much isn't necessarily a one and done. You've got to change your heart. This is number 78th time you've come to my mind. It's not as bad. I did forgive you, but I still feel something there. Ever been there? Year goes by. You hear the name again. Okay, I'm going to forgive 195 times. But what's happening is each time you forgive and you give it unto God, something changes in your heart. You're training your heart to love like Jesus. How many of you can love like Jesus automatically? Come on, I know you. 
Jim was just fixing his sleeve. <laughs> just 307. We there yet? See, this is a process. I wish, in some cases you can just forgive. And some you can give it unto God. But there are others that you have to work at it. And boy, the enemy loves to fly flags. Loves to remind you of how hurt you were. I've ministered and helped people who 30 years ago, they said, I thought I forgave him. But there was a remnant. And so what does that mean for them? God doesn't like them. No. It means that they still have to forgive. Day to day, forgive. Day to day, forgive. It is a process. It is a lifestyle that I have to remind myself I am not going to strike back in my mind, in my thought, in my attitude or my hearts. And so daily I will serve forgiveness. We're up to 486. What happens when we get to 490? Start over. Love is perfected. Love is being perfected. Forgiveness is being perfected. Some of you are, are down on yourself because you thought you forgave and you're still wounded and you still hurt. You don't want to strike back, but it still hurts. Still forgive. Still release. Still cover with the grace of God. Forgiveness is a choice that will alter your heart. And I purposely change the spelling of that word. Daily forgiveness creates an altar of your heart that you sacrifice the compensation back and you take the compensation of Christ. You thank God for your forgiveness and you give them forgiveness. You hear them say something else about you through rumor and gossip. But what do you do? You forgive. And the altar of your heart is established in forgiveness. It is a life of continual offering to God. Every day we forgive, we release. I'll not take the bait. I'll not chew on it again. I release it to God. This is a process you and I are all in. And so, we must forgive. That's why we pray a very powerful, powerful prayer. How many of you know the Lord's Prayer by heart? If you don't know the Lord's Prayer, if you've not memorized the Lord's Prayer, could I encourage you, could I command you to learn this prayer, to say it every day? It is a pattern for prayer that Jesus taught. It's not just simply for repetition to forget, but the pattern is deep and wide and rich. I pray this prayer continually throughout the day. And in the middle of that prayer, it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Sin is one thing. A trespass is another. Sin is an offense personally digressing the law of God. But a trespass is an offense to another person. You stepped into their territory. You offended on their ground or they trespassed into you. It's a person-to-person -person issue. And we're saying, God, forgive us our trespassing against you that I may forgive those who trespass against me. 
having that mind of graciousness and thankfulness to God. If you will continue, and I will continue to have a heart of thankfulness to God, I can release others. And I pray it every day. I hope you pray. Forgive us our trespasses as you forgive those, as I forgive those who trespass against us. Paul said this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. There's the model. And I close with this this morning. This is how it all adds up. The cross. The cross. We can never forget it. We will always remember it. When we see Christ Jesus in heaven, we will see the nail prints in his hands. And we will recognize the only reason you and I are there is because of his forgiveness and grace to us. Because of your forgiveness and grace to others, it may lead up them to the Lord as well. We must model this forgiveness. I conclude with the fact that forgiveness may not lead to reconciliation. Reconciliation is rejoining with that person in relationship and friendship, no longer counting sins against and, and having restored. But you can forgive and decide that our relationship has changed. There's been a broken trust here and something dynamically has shifted. There are some people I forgive and they still hold offense against me. I can't reconcile to that as long as they have a different attitude. I can try. So it may not mean you're reconciled to the way it used to be. There's no sin in that. Paul, in fact, says, repay no evil for evil. That's that recompense. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, that forgive, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Live peaceable with all. Don't avenge. Leave it to God. Vengeance in mind, says the Lord. He will rightly judge out. But there are certain situations that I cannot be reconciled or uh, the, the change in the dynamic of our relationship, the trust issues have got to be restored before I can fully engage in reconciliation, but I can release and forgive. Some of you might be in that situation. Some of you doubt whether you've forgiven them because the relationship's not back together again. You're not having your tea and crumpets again. You're not walking together and singing songs together because you were so hurt. And so you wonder, gee, I forgave them, but it's just not working anymore. And it may be that way. Maybe time can heal and reconcile, but the key here is what forgiveness is and what it does in your heart. God's math adds up at the cross. His grace is sufficient. Let us forgive one another. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, this is the lesson of all lessons for every believer. I pray for each one of us. I pray that we could forgive I pray for those who question their forgiveness if, if they have, Lord, and need 
deeper understanding. May we grow in our knowledge of forgiving. May we recognize it is a day-to-day activity of releasing others. Perfect our hearts, Jesus. Perfect our hearts, I pray.